Welcome to Ancient Gods and Demons. I am your host, Brian Scalama. Each week, we will be exploring a new ancient god from various cultures, including Mesopotamian, Egyptian, Indian, Chinese, Norse, and Greek, to name just a few. Each episode, we will explain the origin and development of our characters, from pagan god to Judeo-Christian demon. Correlations between different cultures will be researched, and you, as a listener, can make your own determination of whether each figure is a god, demon, or both. Additionally, we will introduce a piece of music each week influenced by these ancient deities. So sit back, relax, as we journey into ancient worlds and examine gods that were worshipped. Welcome back to Ancient Gods and Demons. During this episode, we will discuss the influences on Western magic. I know it's a little off our regular topic of ancient gods and demons, but I figured it had some kind of pertinence to what we're discussing on a weekly basis. Magic is defined as a superior power created by the combination of inner power with supernatural forces and beings such as angels and demons. The term magic is derived from the Greek, magos, which means great, as in great science, from magin, referring to the Zoroastrianism, or Magoi, referring to a Median tribe in Iran recognized for its magical skills and known to the Greeks. Many systems of magic exist, each with its own procedures, rules, and proscriptions. During this episode, we will discuss the influences on Western magic to include Egyptian magic, Greek and Roman magic, Jewish magic, and Christian magic. So sit back and relax as we delve into the worlds of magic, ancient gods, demons, and angels. Welcome back to Ancient Gods and Demons. Today we're going to discuss the influences on Western magic, a little off our normal topic of ancient gods and demons, but indirectly related. Magic lies at the heart of all esoteric and occult traditions, and is found in mystical and religious teachings. Through magic, a person can cause inner change and change in the physical world. High magic has a spiritual nature. Low magic, such as spellcasting, is a form of sorcery. Magic had its beginnings in humankind's earliest attempts to control its environment, survival, and destiny, either by controlling natural forces or by appealing to higher powers for help. The anthropologist Bernard's Law Malinowski defined magic as having three functions, 
and three elements. The three functions are to produce, to protect, and to destroy. The three elements are spells, incantations, procedures, or rites, and a consciousness accomplished through fasting, chanting, meditation, sleep deprivation, dancing, symbols, staring into the flames, possibly taking drugs, inhaling fumes, and anything else. Magic is practiced universally by skilled individuals who are either born into their powers or train themselves to acquire powers. Magic is not inherently good or evil, but reflects the intent of the magician. The ethical and moral uses of magic have always been ambiguous. Evil magic is associated with sorcery and witchcraft. Throughout history, people and authorities have had an uneasy relationship with magic, depending on it and tolerating its practice and at the same time condemning it. Magic is both part of religion and a competitor of religion. It has been regarded as a science and has been discredited by science. In modern times, however, science is providing evidence in support of magic. Magical phenomenon exists in a realm, a blurred borderland that is neither in the material world nor spiritual, but concurrently simultaneous. Change, transition, and transformation are conditions that are conducive to the supernatural. Magic ritual and ritual in general exposes the ordinary, predictable world to the instability of the luminal world. Strange things happen. The luminal realm is considered to be dangerous, unpredictable. Individuals such as magicians or sorcerers, this is dangerous because they work in this uncertain world. As adepts, they are themselves the agents of change and at sometimes chaos. There are many influences in the Western magical tradition that are complex and rich in nature, evolving from a mixture of magical, mystical, philosophical, and religious sources. It incorporates the low magic of spells and divination, the dark magic of sorcery and witchcraft, and the high magic of spiritual enlightenment that is closer to mysticism than to spellcasting. There are several major streams of influence. The first is Egyptian magic, Greek and Roman magic, Jewish magic, and Christian magic. We'll be discussing these next. Welcome back. We're now going to discuss 
the numerous influences to the Western magical tradition, beginning with Egyptian magic. Egyptian magic played an important role in ancient Egypt, and the magic of the Egyptians became important in the development of Western ritual magic. Egyptian priests were skilled in magical arts of spellcasting, divination, necromancy, making of amulets and talismans, procuring and sending of dreams, use of magical fingers similar to puppets, and use of magic and practice of medicine. Illnesses were believed to be caused by a host of demons who controlled numerous parts of the human body. Thus, the cures that were involved with the Egyptians were considered exorcisms. The mummification of the dead was done according to precise ritual magic to ensure safe passage to the afterlife. The Egyptian Book of the Dead is a familiar magical handbook of preparation for navigation through judgment into Amenti, the underworld domain of Osiris, Lord of the Dead. In Hellenistic times, Egyptian magic was mixed with classical magic. Especially important Egyptian magic was the proper use of words and names of power. Some incantations involved strings of names, almost incomprehensible, borrowed from numerous cultures. Greek and Roman magic. The Greek and Roman worlds teemed with magic. Power was channeled from a host of sources, deities, spirits called demones, celestial intelligences, and the dead. Everything was connected by sympathetic bonds, which allowed magical action at a distance. The hermetic principle that the microcosm reflects the macrocosm was espoused in the variations by Platonists and Stoics. All magic lots were practiced. The Greeks were especially interested in destiny and devoted great attention to the prophecy of oracles and to the fate forecast by stars in a horoscope. Both Greek and Romans practiced numerous forms of divination, most especially lock casting and the examination of signs in nature. Dreams were consulted, especially for healing. Cursing one's competitors and enemies was routine in daily life. Incantations involved long strings of magical words, often nonsensical, which had to be precisely pronounced along with the correct gestures. An exalted form of magic referred to as thorgia had religious overtones as was akin to ritual magic. Many favored thorgia, believing they could summon divine powers to earth and enable the souls to ascend to heaven. In natural history, Pliny asserts that all magic originated in medicine. In the search for cures, the magic workings of heaven, especially the moon, both caused and cured illness as well. In addition, demons flying through the air and shooting arrows stirred up poisonous vapors that caused plagues and at many times, disastrous pestilence. We will now take a short break and return back with our discussion on Jewish magic and Christian magic. Enjoy the music.
Welcome back. We're now going to discuss the numerous influences to the Western magical tradition, beginning with Egyptian magic. Egyptian magic played an important role in ancient Egypt and the magic of the Egyptians. It became important in the development of Western ritual magic. Egyptian priests were skilled in magical arts of spellcasting, divination, necromancy, making of amulets and talismans, procuring and sending of dreams, use of magical fingers similar to puppets, and use of magic and practice of medicine. Illnesses were believed to be caused by a host of demons who controlled numerous parts of the human body. Thus, the cures that were involved with the Egyptians were considered exorcisms. The mummification of the dead was done according to precise ritual magic to ensure safe passage to the afterlife. The Egyptian Book of the Dead is a familiar magical handbook of preparation for navigation through judgment into Amenti, the underworld domain of Osiris, Lord of the Dead. In Hellenistic times, Egyptian magic was mixed with classical magic. Especially important Egyptian magic was the proper use of words and names of power. Some incantations involved strings of names, almost incomprehensible, borrowed from numerous cultures. Greek and Roman magic. The Greek and Roman worlds teemed with magic. Power was channeled from a host of sources, deities, spirits called demones, celestial intelligences, and the dead. Everything was connected by sympathetic bonds, which allowed magical action at a distance. The hermetic principle that the microcosm reflects the macrocosm was espoused in variations by Platonists and Stoics. All magical arts were practiced. The Greeks were especially interested in destiny and devoted great attention to the prophecy of oracles and to the fate forecast by stars in a horoscope. Both Greek and Romans practiced numerous forms of divination, most especially lock casting and the examination of signs in nature. Dreams were consulted, especially for healing. Cursing one's competitors and enemies was routine in daily life. Incantations involved long strings of magical words, often nonsensical which had to be precisely pronounced along with the correct gestures. An exalted form of magic referred to as phagia had religious overtones as was akin to ritual magic. Many favored phagia, believing they could summon divine powers to earth and enable their souls to ascend to heaven. In natural history, Pliny asserts that all magic originated in medicine in the search for cures. The magic workings of heaven, especially the moon, both caused and cured illness as well. In addition, demons flying through the air and shooting arrows stirred up poisonous vapors that caused plagues and at many times disastrous pestilence. We will now take a short break and return back with our discussion on Jewish magic and Christian magic. Enjoy the music.
Welcome back. We finally discuss Christian magic. Christian magic as in Judaism. Christianity held paradoxical attitudes towards magic. In general, magic was looked upon with disfavor, as the practices of non-Christians interfered with the new religion. Manipulative, low magic was forbidden, but helpful magic, such as for healing, was practiced within certain limits. Jesus performed magical acts, but they were cast as miracles made possible by his divine nature. The early church fathers especially opposed divination, which took one's destiny out of the hands of God. Christian magic emphasized nature, such as herbal law, and placed importance on mystical names. But the body of Christ, as represented by the Eucharist, held the greatest magic, as did the name of Jesus and relics, body pots, and possessions of the saints. Medieval Europe was rife with magic of all sorts. Folk practitioners, wizards, cunning men and women, alchemists and others. The practical Kabbalah, hermetic principles, Gnostic and Neoplatonic law, Christian elements and pagan elements joined in syncretic mixtures. A Western Kabbalah emerged that became the basis for Western ritual magic. Magical handbooks called grimoires circulated. The medieval church frowned upon magic of all sorts, divination of all kinds, conjuration of spirits, necromancy, weaving and binding magic in which spells were booed into knots and fabric, love magic, and any other magic involving potions, puppets, and so forth, and a variety of magical medical remedies, potions, and whatnot. The populace relied on the folk magic of local practitioners called by many names, such as cunning men, witches, and wizards. Many possessed natural healing and psychic abilities and practiced homegrown magic passed down orally through the generations. The church tolerated magic that was adequately Christianized, such as through the substitution of the names of Jesus, Mary, and the angels for those of pagan deities and spirits. The use of the cross, holy water, and the Eucharist, and incantations that were more like prayers. Folk magicians were often feared, and if their spell casting and divination failed, they were persecuted. Any bad luck was liable to be blamed on the black magic or witchcraft of a rival or enemy. The Inquisition capitalized on fear. In 1484, Pope Innocent VIII declared witchcraft heretical, making the persecution of any enemy of the church easy. Witchcraft was not merely black magic, but was devil worship, service of Satan's grand plan to subvert souls, a witch craze swept Europe and reached across the Atlantic to the American colonies. Thousands of persons were executed. The witch hysteria died in the advance of the scientific revolution of the 17th century, thankfully. Through many great scientists of the day, 
were versed in alchemy and the principles of magic. The importance of the latter, magic, unfortunately, has declined. However, we have seen a revival in the occult modern magic in the 19th century. A revival of interest in occultism and magic has occurred. Centered and spreading from France and through others, particularly influenced influence and translated to English by author Edward Waite. Kabbalah has grown as has other forms of Western magical tradition. Everyone, thanks for joining us for our third episode, uh, The Influence of Western Magic. Uh, we briefly discussed Egyptian magic, Greek and Roman magic, Jewish magic, and Christian magic, and touched upon a paragraph of the occult revival of modern magic. Uh, we'll have a future episode discussing more of what magic has developed to in relation to ancient gods and demons slash angels and how they utilize in magical practices uh, in the 21st century as of today. Um, we always end every episode with a song that has some type of magical or demon or ancient god influence. Last episode we have Melakesh, and this week we're going to have Satan's Fall by Merciful Fate off the album The Best of Merciful Fate. This is a long song. I'm just going to play a few minutes. So sit back and enjoy. Enjoy.